Welcome to the Frontier Psychiatrists podcast. What you're about to hear is an edited version of a conversation I had with Kerry Harrison on his Rethinking Heroes radio show. We're going to talk to a guy who's a dual board certified child and general psychiatrist. Why? We encounter what seems like profound misery, whether it's homelessness on the streets, whether it's just general bummage. It just seems like a wild circus of, I can't get out of it. There is no hope whatsoever. Well, not true, thankfully. So we have brought on the very best. Let me introduce Owen Scott Muir, Dr. Owen Scott Muir, a dual board certified child and general psychiatrist co-author. He has held academic appointments at Hofstra Northwell. New York University Baylor has over 200 academic presentations and publications to his credit, focusing on high-risk populations and the role of interventional interventions, including work with veteran populations, therefore a rethinking hero. He has over 60 thousand hours of clinical experience, has built multiple companies, sold multiple companies, and that is also his expertise. So we're going to be looking at, with Dr. Owen Muir, the truth about mental health, its crisis, suicide prevention, which affects all of us. If you have children, boy, does that particularly. He also is involved in AI research work, AI being artificial intelligence. We're going to take a peek at the future. How does that affect and overlap you and me? Plus depression. Dr. Muir has been involved in verifiable fixes for depression that take five days. Depression. Yeah, that five days, not 50 years with a therapist. Well, you see, I woke up this morning and he sits there writing on a legal pad and says, thank you so much at 40 minutes. Goodbye. No, 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 no. Much more interactive and cool. We're going to find out first. Owen Muir, without taking another pause of teeing you up like a giant golf ball, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thanks so much for having me. I'm actually the first person who ever used a version of that card. And so I can tell you it's true. I was the, the test pilot here at a Dwayne Reed. This is, this is the, our medication discount card at so rethinkingheroes.com. You had one of the founders of Capital RX. I worked with that team to build the very first version of this and was the very first person to use it. So I got my medication for only for less than my copay would have been. And my brain blew up and I went deep down the rabbit hole on why this is so amazing. So people know they're going to be oftentimes paying less than their copay would be, which gives you a sense of how much of a scam it is. So in other words, it's closer to being in Europe where you have no copay, actually no cost, and you have all you can eat medical care because your insurance covers that, or your actually your taxes actually give you something back. This is as close as we're going to get to the shores of Europe across the Atlantic Ocean in our own little ways, because we are giving it to the man. We are well, poking him, we're kicking him in the you-know-whats, and making it happen for our friends and listeners here on KPFK Public Radio. It's an amazing benefit. If you are paying $150 an hour to go to a therapist right now who sits with a legal pad, probably imagining posting stuff on Facebook that's personal to him, maybe listening to you, maybe not. And I'm being cynical because I have done that for years. Occasionally, I got some interesting insights, but they never felt obligated to ever say anything to me or offer me feedback. I learned better. I realized that much of therapy, that kind of therapy is the self-serve pump, but I'm a full-serve kind of guy. 
Dr. Owen Muir, let's talk a little bit first about building a business, because I think back 100 years ago, 90% of Americans were entrepreneurs, 10% worked in factories and had jobs. Now, 90% of us are reliant on others to survive, but those others are turning into AI. And we're back to, oh, now what? But you've been able to successfully do this. Is it possible for the average person? So it's more possible than ever before. And it's not necessarily the right gig for everybody. I think one of the misunderstandings about being a builder, right? Someone who wants to create something is that you have to ask permission. And my newsletter is a good example of that. My wife, who's also a psychiatrist, and I, my wife is Carlene McMillan. She's the chief medical officer at a company called Ozmind, which is a venture-backed mental health technology company. But she and I were on Clubhouse back in the day, and we had a, a creator-first show, and they gave us a little pittance. And you know, we talked to people and found the messaging we had was really compelling. Um, and for for a long time, I didn't do anything with that. I'm like, I'm waiting for someone else to make me, you know, amplify my voice. I'm waiting for someone else to do it. I'm going to work with somebody X, Y, Z. And then I get just tired of people not being able to do it. And so a newsletter is a, is a business for some people. And the way to do it is to just start doing it. My model is most of it's free. A little bit of it is paid. It's some good stuff. Some of the older stuff goes behind a paywall. But I literally post every day at this point. And I have something to say. Today's post will be about not having anything to say and, and what that's like for a writer just to give you an example. But I write about healthcare, mental health, innovation, et cetera. And I try to make it fun and engaging and funny. Yeah. But that's, that's a perfect example because everyone has an expertise. I mean, if you're a good cook, you're a good cook. I am not a good cook personally. Terrible. But you're a good cook. Whoever you are, you are a good cook and you know it and you love it and you like cutting up radishes and celery and like it turns you on and it's hot. And to me, it's pain and torture and suffering and things that I think are really cool. You'd hate you would hate standing up maybe in front of a million people and talking that would kill you. So we all have these specialty things. And really, it's about making that available on the giant stage that is available now with technology for the benefit of other people. And that's what your newsletter does. I actually so I have two, two clinical gigs. One of them is at Acacia Clinics in Sunnyvale, California. And one of them is at, is at my practice, Fermata in New York. And fermata.health is that website. And, and acaciaclinics.com is theirs. I was pl- thrilled to join that team because we're doing accelerated treatment for depression. I also do supervision for clinicians around mentalization-based treatment, which is an approach to psychotherapy that doesn't suck. Or admits what, what does it mean mentalization it means it means british people came up with the name to compel other british people to be interested and so they went with something using and and what is it what does it involve i mean i'll tell you what it actually means not an answer to your question right so the idea was hey how can we get therapists to be curious about the experience of the people they're working with because it turns out peter fonagy who's actually knighted for this work in the uk at the anna freud national center for children and families he was called in to work with people with brittle diabetes who weren't getting better. And the reason they weren't getting better is they were squirting their insulin down the drain. And that doesn't do a lot for diabetic control. So uh, how about nothing? Well, yeah, yeah, but but why? Right. So Other they, than losing weight. Well, I mean, they tried everything. They tried, yeah. you know, a little bit of behavioral this, a little bit of cognitive, nothing worked, right? And what happened was Dr. Fonge came in with his team and they started talking to people about their lives, their feelings, what's, what's going on, right? Being curious about their experience. 
And what they learned was that people didn't have a language for their internal experience. And once they had words to say how they felt that meant something to them, they stopped doing crazy things. And based on that training, I was able to develop a program that reduced hospitalization by 90% in a cohort of people in a prior business that were acutely suicidal and wanted to die all the time. Now, it turns out that when you're working with folks who want to die a lot, having something biological to help matters a lot. And so accelerated TMS, doing brain stimulation rapidly in the course of five days, can lead to remission of that depression in five days with no medications whatsoever. And so well, I'm going to translate yeah. Dr. Owen Muir uh, because we, we do have 20 year olds listening to this as a podcast. So when we talk about five days depression going into remission using this brain stimulation, what we're saying is if you're depressed after five days, you could be undepressed. Yep. And that would be because of the Congressional Act, where if you're a veteran, and, and you can guide me here if I'm off, you could basically walk into any hospital, say, I'm a veteran, I'm depressed, and they must treat you for free. It's beyond that. And it didn't take an act of Congress, it took a lawsuit. But the VA- <laughs> Even better. Uh, yeah. Somebody yeah. was at work. Yeah. So advocacy matters. And, and one of the pieces of advocacy that mattered was somebody saying, it's not right that we don't take great care of our veterans. So if you walk into my clinic in New York at Vermont.health and you're a veteran and you're in a suicidal crisis, we can take care of you for 90 days at no cost to you. The same is true at Acacia. And so you can get the most cutting edge treatment and it won't cost you anything if you're a veteran. And I'm gonna say the word cure for depression. Is that a, am I over egging the pudding calling it that? So that's a great, it's a great question if you are. And I actually wrote an article on that topic, right? What is a cure in psychiatry? Because for years we haven't been allowed to use that word. And I'm not gonna use it now because I have a business relationship with those entities. And as a regulated device manufacturer, Magnus Medical, for example, can't say cure. If you look at the definition of the word cure, which I encourage people to do, it, it says like, is there, are we alleviating all of the symptoms of a disease? And so we're comfortable talking about curing, you know, XYZ thing. We're not comfortable talking about it in depression because one's never existed before is my guess. So can your depression symptoms be over? Yes. Does depression come back for some people? Also, yes. Is that true for a cold? Also, yes. So there's no cure for life, right? Your life, you're, you will get old, you will die, you will suffer, you will have difficulties. Thinking about what is a cure, even having that conversation about if we can talk about that is such an unbelievable milestone in the field of psychiatry that it boggles the mind. The fact that we haven't been talking about if something's a cure is something we should all be deeply ashamed of. Well, let's take a look at that, Dr. Owen Muir. Why have we not been talking about it? Is it shame? I mean, what is it? So part of it is understanding what depression is and what it's not. And so not everything that's a struggle or sadness is depression. And not all depression is a struggle or even sadness. Depression is the least reliable diagnosis in the DSM-5. And that means when you have expert research raters using the criteria for depression, they don't agree on what it is as often as they do for other conditions. I'm just going to jump in DSM-5. Uh, the for Diagnostic people. and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th exactly. edition. Exactly. There you go. It's, it's your holy Bible for psychiatry. Well, for medicine, really. So it's a product of the American Psychiatric Association. Yeah. And we had to make a decision about how we were going to define things, and we've had to revise it over time. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. Not all things that are in the book are true. 
Not all things that are true are in the book. And so what I've learned as a physician is that people suffer. And sometimes there's deep sadness and sometimes it has biological roots. Sometimes we can understand that as whatever depression is. And it turns out when you take someone who has that thing that we've learned in the course of medical training as depression, and you treat that person's brain with stimulation, and you do that 10 times a day, five days in a row for eight and a half minutes at a time, 79% of people will have their symptoms of depression be over in five days. Facebook and our mobile phones, our smartphones are constantly changing, updating, scanning, texting. I mean, you just can't even ignore it. And I feel mine, and I'm not the only one, I feel it vibrating in my pocket when it is not. So this is akin to that in some way, but you're using it positively. So it's actually the opposite. Okay. It takes that, so that basic mechanism in the brain, that spacing matters, right? We learn things by spacing them out and reintroducing them. This is called long-term potentiation in science terms. But basically, if you're studying for an exam and you have a flashcard, is it more effective to look at the flashcard once a day, every day for 36 days, or to look at it 10 times a day and have a little bit of space between them? Well, we know the answer. It's 10 times a day, you'll learn something new. If you're trying to get someone addicted to something, what you do is you have an intermittent reinforcement schedule. And so you have thing presented, whatever it is, a pause, and you don't know how long it's going to be. And, and you want to have it again. Ooh, I feel good now that I got it again. And so that creates You should see the video of this. That, that was pretty good. Pretty compelling. <laughs> right? That joy that you're getting from a, from, a, from a zap, right? That trains you to do a behavior. But it doesn't change how you feel about the behavior. It takes craving and reinforces it. And that's different from learning how to have a more refined relationship to your cravings. And as I've been saying, Dr. Owen Muir, a big deal is, well, it's quite relative, but what is a big deal actually? So what we're looking for is not just statistical significance. What that means is, did we demonstrate to our satisfaction that this wasn't due to chance? But tiny differences can be due to not chance, right? We can do something that did something, but not much. And then there are some changes which are huge and indisputable. And so comparing how big of a deal something is, is different than comparing whether it was due to chance or not. And it's important to not confuse those. So I have the following metaphor, which will help. If we remember the song by Skilo, I wish I was a little bit taller. It goes like this from the 90s. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl. If I did, I would call her. And so he's a short rapper who wanted to be taller. And I think that's actually the most helpful metaphor to explain effect size, aka how big of a deal something is. So in American males, the standard deviation, how different it is to be on average is three inches, right? So most men are within three inches of the average height. And so using inches, how much taller something would make you is the metric I use. If we're talking about a treatment for depression, that's an SSRI that has an effect size of 0.5. And that means it would make you an inch and a half taller if it was a height medicine. When we talk about accelerated transcranial magnetic stimulation with saint neuromodulation, we're talking about an effect size of 1.7, which would make you 4.8 inches taller. And so do you want to be a little bit taller, you know, an inch and a half? Do you want to be a little bit taller? Abilify augmentation is about 0.2. So that would be like 0.4 inches taller. Like, yeah, we're, you're taller. we're talking about de- getting rid of depression here. Yeah, so yeah. We- 
And so for, for anything, if you normalize effect size into height, it makes some sense. So how much taller are we talking? Is this a little lift in my shoe? And that's, you know, a pill that you give on top of your antidepressant. Ask your doctor about augmenting your depression, right? That's a lift in your shoe. That's what we're talking about. It's like, you know, 3.3 <laughs> inches or whatever. Tom Cruise level. Yeah, it helps Tom Cruise, but it's not going to make you a giant, right? And the difference between that and something that's a huge deal, that's three inches or more on average in height. And that's an equivalent to an effect size of one. And so when we're looking at a big deal, we're talking about something that makes, you know, if it was a height medicine, three inches or more taller. And if it's, eh, you know, half an inch, I mean, do you really care? Are you willing to go through the side effects to get, you know, a shoe lift? And that's the question that we really need to ask is like, is it a big deal? Is it going to make you a little bit taller? Or is this a 6'4 Impala? If you're a rapper from the 90s. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. And so if we want to get someone to do a thing, right, we have to give them a reward, right? And if we want them to do it forever, we want to make sure we're not extinguishing the desire. So I write about stuff in a way that's funny. That's my jam. Yeah. And the things I write about are important. So I'm writing about important things about which one wouldn't ordinarily laugh in a way that makes it tolerable by being funny. And I'm doing that very explicitly to convince people that they should change their mind in a way that's going to be seductive. And what I mean by seductive is you're, I'm not going to give you the hard sell. I'm going to make a little bit of fun. I'm going to have a little bit of lightness. But at the end, if you think something different, that then we won. I'm not going to come at you with bombast. I'm going to come at you with a little bit of humor. And so I write about health and healthcare, so people will understand it in common language in a way that's funny. And I do it regularly because if you do something regularly, you reinforce the behavior of, for example, checking my newsletter or my website. And the good news is you're not just laying it out. Here's more information like you're reading the Wall Street Journal. He, Dr. Owen Muir, who you're listening to right now, is talking to you personally and giving you secrets that took him decades to learn, develop, experience, including this close to the word that starts with C and rhymes with your for depression and other things. He's working with big organizations that are doing extraordinary groundbreaking science here. And so he's laying out how your life can get better. And that's why we have with us right here on Rethinking Heroes, Dr. Owen Scott Muir, dual board certified child and general psychiatrist. And Dr. Muir, why is public radio important? You've heard everything and seen everything in your life. Why? Why public radio? So for me, one of the things that turns out to be important is trust. Right. And we take trust for granted in medicine and we don't on public radio. We have to earn it. And we earn trust with listeners by telling them the truth and doing it over and over again. And when we're wrong, admitting it. And that's what I've heard from public radio growing up. It's, it's what I didn't hear on other forms of media. Building trust is something we can never take for granted. And like you said, it's listener supported radio. If listeners don't trust us, they're not going to support and if we don't serve our listeners as public radio fans and guests and hosts, then what's that relationship? It's not one built on trust. And I think healthcare has made the mistake of not being a public radio model, right? If healthcare had to be listener supported, right? Health supported. If people had to choose to pay for the care they got, we'd have a very different world than when they're being shaken down, which is the standard right now is, a, is an endless debt riddled shakedown that you never see coming. And that's not the right way to do it. And I think public radio has understood forever that building trust matters and never take that trust for granted.
The Frontier Psychiatrists. The Frontier Psychiatrist oh, is plural. a great... Yeah, more than one. Well, so the Frontier <laughs> Psychiatrist is a great song by the Avalanches. And <laughs> the Frontier Psychiatrists is the newsletter. And originally it was written by my wife, who occasionally makes a guest appearance as an editor or a co-columnist. But it's a that that's the name of the thing, the frontierpsychiatrist.substack.com. Most of it's free, some of it's paid. He's also learned about the nature of building a successful business and giving you that boost, that self-esteem, that ability to go out and conquer, even if you don't have that much gumption, to use what gumption you do have and turn it into something cool. Let's talk about that for a second, Dr. Owen Muir. Even if you don't have a ton of gumption, can you do it with 25% gumption? Uh, the the uh, the first question is you know the the gumption to to non gumption ratio. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, everyone imagines you have to have perf- perfect amounts of gumption to go out and do it. Right. And what and what I've learned is go out and fail over and over again, and it turns out failure on repeat, as it were, turns out to be success in retrospect. <laughs> so. Well, we have a wonderful example in Thomas Edison, who was asked famously. How did you, how many times did it take for you to figure out how to light a light bulb? He said, well, 10,000 tries, but really what I learned is 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb work. Wow. Right. And so my argument is essentially the opposite of despair and hopelessness and death is hope. And it's hope that if you try one more time, there's some value to that. And it's not predicated on whether it's a tremendous success every time. There is a nobility to doing it. And it turns out iteratively doing it. And even if it's lame, I wrote an article today, if people go to the frontierpsychiatrist.substack.com and read it, about not having anything to say, to make a point about writing regularly. But So this isn't ooga booga. This isn't metaphysics here. This is science. And I happen to like science. I even think that Newton was right. And if I drop an apple, it will hit the floor. This is the basis of your study, Dr. Owen Muir. This is what you bring to the table is not hope because you say so or claim so. The fact is, you know, scientifically, it's true. It's what's likely versus what's not and what is by chance and what is not. And the truth about depression is it's hard to study because people's hope is powerful. Hope is real. And I would never want to say anything about hope or placebo, right? That's negative because hope is what gets us better. But there's kind of a speed limit on hope. And it's a little bit like exceeding the speed of light really hard. You can actually break the laws of emotional physics and exceed that hope threshold if you have science on your side. And that's what accelerated TMS. And I'm going to jump in because we're using terms that people may not know about TMS. Brain stimulation with transcranial magnetic stimulation. What we're doing is we're taking a picture of your brain with an fMRI. We're precisely targeting where that brain stimulator is going to go. And we are doing that stimulation, which is non-invasive, not surgery, not under anesthesia. You're awake. It is a little uncomfortable and that's about it. And we do that for five days and depression in 79% of people is over in those five days. This is a remarkable piece of information for just about anyone. And as Dr. Owen Muir pointed out earlier, if you are a vet, which means you've served in the military and you no longer in the military, or I imagine if you're still in the military, it's possible. And you go into any hospital or any, anywhere uh, hospitals, mostly I'm guessing. So no, that's the point. 
I'm kind of a hospital abolitionist when it comes down to it. But right now you go into a hospital for depression, there's help, but it's not as helpful as it could be. And it turns out the most innovative treatments are only available right now in the outpatient setting. And so the work I've been doing for years and Nikesha has been doing for years and now we're doing together is taking innovative treatments like that accelerated neuromodulation treatment. The brand name of that is Saint, which is pretty appropriate. Stanford Accelerated Intelligent Neuromodulation Treatment or Saint, which is a brand name. And we're using science to precisely target a spot and do a treatment that they don't have in hospitals now, but should. And so the recent ruling, and this is important for veterans to know, is that you can go to any provider, not just a hospital, but a clinic like Acacia or a clinic like Fermata, and we can still treat you because the VA has agreed to pay for 90 days if you're suffering from suicidality at no cost to you. And so that's Let me just to know. repeat what you just said. If you're yeah. a veteran yep. and you're depressed, all you yep. need to do is walk in, say, I'm depressed, and you get 90 days of free treatment. So it is treatment that the VA has agreed to pay for at zero cost to the veteran. Now you can't just walk in, you have to make an appointment. So we can do an appropriate well, evaluation. Yes, of course. Uh, of course. But if you walk into to any facility of any kind, whether it's an outpatient clinic or hospital or whatever it happens to be and you're suffering, it's not on your dime anymore as a veteran. Wow, this is remarkable. And I know you, Dr. Owen Muir, have been instrumental in also making that available for all our veterans. Correct. And this will extend to the civilian population down the road, I'm convinced, because anytime you can change the nature of the human being for the better, well, it's going to be popular, I would think. And so one of the things I've been working on for years is bringing down the cost of this and bringing down the barriers. And I'll have more to say about that soon, but suffice to say, uh, it's a remarkably effective treatment. Um, the remission rates your depression will be over are between 65% and 79%, depending on the study you're looking at. And when you compare that to medications, we're talking about, you know, 10, 15% if you're treatment resistant and dropping thereafter. Even with your first medication trial, the chance that your depression will be over is about 30%. It's not good. Wow. And so getting people well and now in a time frame that's acceptable to them, but the outcome isn't 50% less miserable, which is the measuring stick we used for oral medications, it's your depression should be over. And then you have more important and interesting things to talk about in therapy so that it can be useful and work and do something and not just be, mm-hmm, mm, mm, thanks. <laughs> but it, look, it, trying to do therapy with someone whose brain is so impaired because of depression that you're gonna somehow change that is difficult and therapy works. It's a remarkable treatment. It saves people's lives every day. I would never disparage it, but there are different therapists who are differently good for different people but it really helps to have your brain be intact when you're doing that. Medications are only so good and brain stimulation, it turns out on average is better, especially if you haven't responded to anything before. All right, well, I appreciate your coming on Rethinking Heroes today. We've been talking to Dr. Owen Scott Muir and we've been talking about ways through regular life, especially as it's becoming more increasingly difficult. I mean, we are bombarded with what seems to be an impossible future. But he's showing and demonstrating that through his newsletter, he gives you the secrets of all the decades of his personal learning, not only as a scientist, as a physician, but also changing public policy, which is key, not only helping veterans, but it helps you and me. We only like you to fly first class as a listener, not coach. We want extra leg room and a reclining seat. That's why he is here today providing what he provides. Dr. Owen Scott Muir is a dual board certified 
child and general psychiatrist, co-author of Adolescent Suicide and Self-Injury, Mentalizing Theory and Treatment. He has held academic appointments at Hofstra Northwell, NYU, Baylor, over 200 academic presentations and publications to his credit, focusing on high-risk populations and the role of, well, fill in the blank. He has been involved, including changing policy, over 60,000 hours of clinical experience. And he's been with us today here on Rethinking Heroes. This is radio giving back for all the time you've spent with us. Rethinking Heroes has found a forward-thinking partner who's created a complimentary downloadable discount pharmacy card to give you up to 90% off many of your prescriptions. If we don't care for each other, no one else is going to, that's for sure. So for us, it had to be no fees, no credit cards, no expiration dates for any and all listeners. Turns out the folks at CapRx also want to help fix our busted medical system. So we got a pile of complimentary downloadable discount cards for most medications. And they're good across 65,000 different pharmacies. Now you can cut out some of the middlemen as we have your back to stay well. Let's all make radio cool again. You can download your complimentary card now at RethinkingHeroes.com. RethinkingHeroes.com. That's RethinkingHeroes.com. I know the ad sounds so corny because it was done for the radio, but the Capital RX uh, Rethinking Heroes collab that is that drug discount card is using NADAC, which is National Average Drug Acquisition Cost Pricing. Uh, and it's giving you your meds cheaper. Um, I built the very first version of this, and, and I used the very first version of this myself personally, uh, and it works. It's like dramatically cheaper than uh, paying copays on on most meds, um, depending on your coverage. Um, and you should try it because the harm in doing so is zero. Uh, you just go to rethinkingheroes.com, download it, and take it home. Take it to the pharmacy, hand it to them instead of your insurance card hand it to them with your insurance card and see which one's cheaper. Uh, Drug costs are bonkers, and this is a great way to work around it. See you next time. Bye-bye. Please subscribe at thefrontierpsychiatrist.substack.